Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Here we are. Welcome to episode 254 of the School of Last podcast. Rick Roberts here. Hope you're doing well. And today we're going to jump into our goals tracker episode. Every year we do this, and I usually wait to January 1st, which is a really horrible idea. Really, I should probably do this episode in October or November so you kind of get a few things in the pipeline ready to flow and ready to go for the new year. But at least we got two weeks early this time. And if you've never been around or listened to the Ghost Tracker episode, I think you'll find this a useful episode you can refer back to, and uh, there's a free resource involved with it as well. So let me tell you about that first, because if you're at home and you're on your laptop or desktop, you can go ahead and print out the Ghost Tracker and follow along with us. So what you want to do is go to the schooloflaughs.com website. On the top tabs, you'll see Goals Tracker. I put that up in the top for this episode. And you can hit that and find not only the Goals Tracker that we're going to talk about in this episode and utilize throughout the year, but also other resources. You may not know there's some free resources sitting right there on the website, including a 20-page PDF called Getting Started in Stand-Up Comedy. This is great if you're kicking the tires or your friends have been telling you you should do stand-up. Well, this will give you a few things to think about before you pull the trigger on getting things going. There's also a stretch worksheet. This stretch worksheet is super useful. This is great for comics that have been doing it for a while, doing stage comedy for a while, but want to get more out of their shows. There are ways that you can stretch and push yourself and get better on stage. Oh, got to take a call. I'll be right back. Hello? Are you kidding? I would love to extend my car's warranty. I've been waiting for you guys to call. Yeah, I've got a 2004 Saturn View, 283,000. Hello? Hello? I must have run them off. Anyway, check out the old Ghost Tracker tab where you can download this PDF as well as a lot of other cool resources. I'll go over those again some other time. But right now, give you a second to go download those things if you're listening live while those other folks are downloading that resource. I just want to say thanks to our Patreon supporter for this episode, John Smith. John, I hope you're doing well out on the West Coast and everything's treating you well and you're having enough time to get some writing done and a little bit of performing out there. And we're back now for the episode, the official 2022 Goals Tracker Worksheet Rundown. Let's do it. How about a little music first? This is the Goals Tracker episode. Let's get into it, folks. All right, of course, above and beyond everything else around your stand-up comedy career, if you do not write you do not advance. It's that simple. You can't hit free throws if you never practice. You can't tell jokes if you don't write them. The very core of everything you do creatively and business-wise springs out from how much you write, how much good material you write, which of course comes down to making time to write. So our first block on the goals checklist is to figure out how much time you want and can commit to writing each week. We have a checkbox in there for how much time you want to spend daily. And I realize not every single day is always possible for everybody. But by the end of the week, you should have 
written a few hours. I mean, at the very least, if you're going to pursue this, you can't just skip months at a time and then show up at an open mic and feel like you're going to crush it. How much time do you need to spend weekly? And then just divide that into seven and see how many minutes you need to spend a day. I can't always do it, but I love to write first thing in the morning. Uh, kids are off to school. I go around the corner, get a little coffee, bring out my notebook, jot some things down. can be a little trickier traveling, but also can be um, more expansive time to write. I had several trips last week where I spent multiple hours, uh, one time six hours in an airport with a layover. You know what? That first hour, I just make sure I've got my stuff lined up for the flight and I'm in the right area and know where I'm going. And then I throw on the headphones, go in a corner again, grab that Java and just write. And there's, you know, a lot of stuff you can write about about the airport. But let's be honest, people who go to comedy shows, they don't travel as much as comics. So try to look outside of that. One thing I like to do is go over to the Hudson News there in most airports and just look at the magazine section. They usually have about 60 or so magazines. And I'll look at the headlines, the covers, and if there's something pretty interesting, I'll get the magazine down off the shelf and, and page through it and just see if there's topics that are interesting to me that trigger a reaction when I see the headline. And I'll just kind of think about that, go back, write about it. Um, mm-hmm. Very randomly do I actually buy the whole magazine, but you can stand there for just about ever. They're looking at their phones. They're not looking at you looking at the magazines. The beauty of technology, people. And actually, sometimes I will snap a couple of pictures of some pages. Uh, if there's an interesting article that I can't read all right there, I'll just hit that handy notes app on the iPhone and hit scan and scan a page or two so I can go back to a quiet area in the airport and do some writing. So, yeah, how much do you want to write each week, each day? Break it down, divide it by seven and then monthly. You know, if you're writing two or three hours a week minimum, then you're writing, what's that, 8 or 12 hours a month. It's still not a ton, but it's better than most comics, at least from the results I'm seeing out there. And then you can kind of trigger that out and see how much you're writing by the end of the year. Now, it's great to write. I encourage to freeform write. Don't have to sit there and try to crank out joke every two lines. You know, If you're writing and you've taken my classes before, you know I like to think of it in three phases. Expand condense and define. So if you've got a journal or a notebook out where you've got lots of page space, just free thought, associate, free association, whatever you want to call it, stream of consciousness thought, and just write. Get that pen or that pencil moving, or if you're typing in the old computer, do that, and get as much down on paper as you can. See where your mind leads you. A lot of times you end up somewhere that you could not have predicted when you started, but you can't get there unless you start, people, and that's the, that's the thing. Expand it out, write as much as you want. Then I go back and condense things and see what I've written and then highlight anything that could be a great setup or a punchline. And then I define it, take those things and put them into the actual joke structure. Anyway, that's a little bit maybe too much about writing. Maybe not enough about writing. Who knows? But do that. And then the next line on this goals tracker worksheet is how many new jokes have you created? And you could even expand this out and and have how many jokes you've created and how many you've taken to the stage. Yes, the stage, because without getting on stage, nothing really matters. You're just writing for yourself. I guess that's all right. So how many new jokes did you create? And then did you spend time writing with others? And this could be actual writing with others. You bring some ideas you have that are kind of kind of flushed out or fleshed out, or maybe they're half-baked ideas. You're not sure if they're worth pursuing. And get together with two or three comics and bounce some ideas off, see if they've got some ideas of where you can take it. 
When I first started comedy, I, I wrote with other comics. We were all bad comics, and we wrote together often. And then as I kind of got going, I did less of that. And now that I'm in my uh, fall slash winter season of comedy, I love getting together with a couple other comic buddies and just bouncing some ideas off each other. And we haven't done that in a while because it's been busy, but it's important. So spend at least some time each month, I would say, writing or kicking ideas around with others and fill out that first block of the goals tracker worksheet. The second block is performance goals. And we kind of touched on this a second ago, but we got to get those jokes from the page to the stage. So how much time are you getting on stage? Again, there's columns for daily, weekly, monthly, and by year end. You need to get on stage weekly. I know it sounds hard. I know some of y'all just went, I can do twice a month. Well, if you do twice a month, you get twice a month results. That's fine. That might be all you can do. But don't set full-time expectations based on part-time ambition or ability. And it's no, you know, it's no knock against you if you're only able to get on stage once or twice a month because of your schedule and your real life. But you might be fooling yourself thinking that you're a full-time or even a part-time comedian if you're only doing it a couple of times. You really need to get on stage weekly, work out that material, move those jokes through the pipeline. I've been really excited here this past month with so many comedy shows. You know, I do speaking too, and there's jokes in there, but when I do full head one-hour comedy shows back to back to back to back to back, I can really get a joke going through the process and getting different audiences' reactions to it. And you need to do that. So get on stage at least once a week if you can, uh, but definitely set some monthly and yearly goals. And I tell you, a guy who does this really well, and I should probably jump jump on the phone and get him on the podcast, Jake Hovis. We did a show together this past summer, and I noticed he Every month, post on Facebook how many times he's been on stage, how many minutes he's performed, all these types of things. So he's he's got some data to look at to see if he's actually going after it, and he definitely is. So get on stage. How much are you going to get on stage? And then how much new material are you trying when you get on stage? One of my biggest pet peeves when I go to open mics is to see the same comics that I saw last time and last year and last decade doing the same material that either did or didn't work last week, last year, last decade, and expecting different results. Like, it's mind-blowing that you can tell yourself you're doing comedy, or at least pursuing it, when you're sitting in idle. There's no hot pursuit when you're in idle. So write some new material, get that on stage. That's the fun part. It can be daunting, but I think it's the most exciting part of it. Is this something that's funny in my head? Or funny to the audience. And if it's funny to the audience, how do I make it the funniest to every audience? How much new material are you trying? And then if you're new or working towards a new hour, let's put it that way, how much time do you have? Have you taken an honest inventory to see how much time you actually can do on stage at your highest level? And that's different for everybody, but everybody has a high level performance and the lesser performances. So for example, if you've been doing comedy for a year, you might have you might have 20 minutes of material, but how much of that is solid knockout, come out, come and bring it kind of material? You know, it might be five minutes out of 20. And that's fine. If you're cranking out five hot minutes in your very first year of comedy, uh, that's not bad, to be honest with you. But what's your goal? Are you going to turn that five solid into 20 solid by the end of next year? That would be a great goal. You can go from doing a guest set to holding down an MC spot pretty good if you got 20 minutes of solid material that works everywhere. So it might also be the case that you're a full-time comic and you're trying to get your next CD together. 
How much time do you have that's ready for that next CD? And how much time do you need? And boy, I know I'm saying a lot of things and going back, but they don't call it a CD anymore. It's just a release. But to me, it's still going to be a physical product, at least in a handful of cases where I can still sell them after the shows. But your new recording, let's put it that way, your new special, how much time do you have already that's headed towards that special and how much time do you need? You might just look at that and look at the column above and go, well, that means I need to try out at least five new minutes every week to get this goal done or 10 new minutes every month to get this done in the next six months, whatever it might be. But you need to have a goal. Without goals, you're just going and going ain't going to get it. You got to have goals so you know when you got there. So there you go. Performance goals. That's the second block of the goals tracker worksheet. All right. The next section here is virtual event goals. And of course, the pandemic made this a reality. I had done no virtual events before the pandemic. And then my goals in 2022, you know, the back of my head is to do no virtual events, but I've, uh, I've got to where I don't mind them, and especially if they're at a time of day where I'm just sitting here anyway, wouldn't be doing anything else, then I don't mind doing them. It's a little tricky to, to square off a Friday or Saturday night on my schedule when I know I can probably be out there live, so I most likely won't be taking those. But what are the virtual event goals if you have any for this year? And one thing I would say is the um, virtual event situation, the whole mindset for me was it's not about me anymore. If it's virtual, it's about the group 100%. It's always about the audience, but you also have to be doing your thing. But when it's virtual, you're really there because they have a need. And this is, I'm talking mostly corporate virtual events. They feel they need to connect their employees or their attendees at their conference. So what can you do to make things really specific to them? It may sound like too much work and you don't want to do that, but one thing I was able to do, and it was a lot of work, was put together what I called American Idol, I-D-L-E, people were at home doing less than what they were probably going to do in the office, and it gave them a chance to do kind of a talent show, submit video clips or perform live. And that was something that I didn't think of before the pandemic that I now have that I can offer, and a couple of groups are doing round two next year because their groups enjoyed it so much. The virtual events tab, if you want to do them, you know, how many are you going to do paid, unpaid, and what kind of offerings? What can you offer to differentiate yourself from other comics who are doing those? won't spend a lot of time on this one because, again, I hope to do uh, less of the virtual events, but I'm still happy to do them. Another thing you want to keep in mind when you set some goals for the new year is your website. Mm, are you still using one or are you just hanging out on Facebook? I don't know. Or is it meta, whatever it's called these days? With your website, you need to look at it as if you're somebody coming to hire you or coming as a fan, depending on what your kind of comedy is. So look at it with some fresh eyes. Compare it to other people who are at the level you're at or the level you want to be at and see what they're doing that you're not doing. I went through a major website overhaul last year. Still happy with the results of that and the way the website looks. It's very current. It works on mobile. Are you, gotta, are you thinking about your website for 2022? It's work, it's money, but I tell you, I get more work through my website. It's probably the second way I get the most work. One is from referrals, from shows or after shows. People that see me, they come up and they want me to, to book me for something else. The second thing is people that hit my website and respond to the videos that they see on there, the information, and fill out the contact forms. So what are your website goals? Is it just, hey, I just did it, don't have any goals? Or is it to update? And if you're updating, here's some things to think about. One are your videos. When was the last time you uploaded a new video? And does the video you have on there currently 
look dated? Or is it tackling material that is dated? Is it time to move on and upload something new? Do you have new video that you can upload? Do you have new video with fresh content? If you're writing and performing and hitting those goals, you should have some video to put up on your website. So get after it and update that on your website. Do you have updated blogs or posts, or is there something you've done in the past two weeks on your website to let Google know that you're actively updating your website? This is something that you don't think about, but if you and I have the same website, basic, basically, and people are looking at it, Google's going to show them the one that's been updated the most recently. So is there some kind of thing you're doing to update your website every couple of weeks? A lot of times what it is for me is simply a blog post that is my new schedule for the month, and then I'll follow up halfway through the month with any of my special events that are open to the public, another post like that, so that at least every two weeks there's a new thing happening on the website. You can do that, right? Twice a month. You might be able to do it daily. You might be crushing it. But you need to put some new content up there so the search engines look at you as relevant and fresh. A lot of people don't think about this. I didn't until somebody told me about it. So every two weeks at least do something to your website, if not more often. Do you know how many visitors per day are going to your website? If you don't, then what's your website doing up there in the first place? You need to download some of the widgets and software to uh, track the amount of visitors you have on your site so you know if you've got more sites visits or less site visits. It's, it's not too complicated. Uh, you can talk to your webmaster or do some Google searches on those topics to get more information on that. I'm not a computer guy, but I have that access on my website so I can see if it's dropping off or if it's increasing. There's times of years where it drops off substantially, and there's other times of years where it comes back strong. And I want to turn those lesser times, June, July, August, into more visited times. So what can I do? That helps you get some ideas of what kind of videos and what kind of planning you can do to post those things. So know how many visitors per day that you're getting, and that way you can monitor if it's getting the hits you want. And if not, drive traffic to your website by cross-posting. If you do a blog post, post it on your Facebook and your socials and whatever you're doing out there and drive people to your website. The next section is all about networking goals. This is just a way of saying get out of your house, get off your computer, connect with other people. You want to connect with new booking agents next year, right? Well, how many do you currently have that you can contact and pursue for work? And how many do you want to get? How many that you have on your current list never respond to you? Maybe move those off to the side and try to replace them with people that are fresh, new, and might be interested in what you're doing. How many new agencies have you contacted, booking agencies? Uh, have you got new, fresh video on your website from the previous section that you can send them to to take a look? That's important. How many do you have currently that you deal with? How many do you want to have increased on your list? And then how many comics are you circulating around? You know, how many new comics have you met? Have you watched? Have you talked to after shows? You know, how many comics have you seen that you can maybe offer something to them, like opening for them on the road somewhere? Or if you're a website designer or a poster designer or you're creative and you can come up with T-shirt ideas, meet new comics. Offer them some of your services just as a friend. Like, hey, I could do this for you if you need to. Comics are always looking for extra content and help. They might not always say it. But if you're really good at something and you can offer it to somebody, they may in turn keep you in mind for a gig or for other things or to pay you for what you can offer. So any of those things are cool, but make sure you're out there meeting some new comics. Don't be shy. Introduce yourself after shows and uh, don't pester and don't necessarily pursue, but just network. 
let them know you enjoyed their show, find out where they're from, and let them know if they come back through town. You might be able to put them on a show, those kinds of things. It's important to kind of build your uh, network of comics out there and keep an eye on them. Sign up for their email list, see what they're doing. And then for a lot of people, they like to perform at these uh, comedy festivals. Some of them you're paying to get in, some you're invited to. But how many festivals did you do last year? How many do you want to do next year? Who's in charge of booking those festivals? Do you have video to submit to them to get the work based on the new comedy that you wrote when you sat down and wrote comedy? See how all these goals kind of go backwards. If you don't start with writing, you don't have good video that you can post on your website that you can send bookers and agents to. All these things are based on your writing. And if you're doing all those things and creating new content, you might have new products. That's our next section. Ho, 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 hold on there a second. Did you know the School of Laughs offers coaching calls? And by School of Laughs, I mean myself, Rick Roberts. Hey, I've been doing comedy for over 31 years, 30 of that professionally. I don't know it all by any means, but I can share what I've learned with you during a coaching call. Maybe you have questions about comedy in general, how you get to the next level. Maybe you've got jokes that work sometimes, but not all the times, and you want to crack that code. Perhaps you just want to create material together and have a writing partner. All these things can be done on our Zoom coaching call, and they're a lot of fun. To learn more about pricing, availability, and how to schedule your Zoom call, go to schooloflast.com. On the homepage, you'll see an icon for coaching. Click that, learn more, and I'll talk to you soon. Now back to this episode. So product goals. What are you creating that you can sell after the show this year? What did you do last year? How many things did you sell? How much money did you make? What was your net profit? Would you do it again? Think about all those things. I know a lot of folks out there like to sell t-shirts after shows. Those seem to be pretty timeless. You know, if you've got a good catchphrase or even just a good punchline of a joke that translates to a t-shirt, you can sell those. Uh, people don't necessarily have to think too hard when they buy a t-shirt. That's what I like about it. I'm one of those transgenerational comics who have been around since uh, some people were selling cassettes after the shows, and then it was CDs, then it was DVDs, and now it's uh, T-shirts again. It all circles back to something that's timeless. But I've got a ton of CDs and DVDs that are sitting in my garage, and I like to give those away to people if they join my email list after a show. So one of my product goals is to get rid of all that product that's sitting in my garage this next year. I'm not worried about hanging on to making five bucks for a CD or 10 bucks for a DVD or that at this point. I just want them gone. I want more email addresses so I can send them to uh, the online things that I'm doing, my dry bar special, uh, my Mayberry Man movie that I'm part of, those kinds of things down the road. So, But you might have a goal to get your first T-shirt out this year. So what steps are you going to take to get that going? First thing is to think of which joke, which line. Get a graphic artist. Maybe you can do it off of Fiverr, or maybe one of your comedian friends knows somebody. And before you order a ton of them, order a test run. It'll cost you more per unit, but you won't be stuck with a box of 72 because you were trying to get the price break. You know, get 15, 20, try to sell them after your shows. If they sell out all in the first week, great. If it takes you six months to sell those 20s, you know, hey, at least I didn't have 72 in a box in the garage. So think about what you want to sell in the new year, whether it's a T-shirt, CD, DVD, whatever it might be. Next section is all about social media following. Again, it's important to have this. It's a social proof, some people call it, that people are aware of who you are and like what you do and they're following what you do. Don't forget about the email addresses. But when it comes to social media following, Go ahead and take an inventory of what you currently have. You can do that in the first column on the checklist. How many YouTube subscribers do you have? 
How many YouTube clips do you have? How many YouTube views do you have? How much time watched do you have on YouTube? Look at your LinkedIn connections. Very important for those of us that are in the corporate environment to be on LinkedIn. Uh, check out your Facebook fans, your friends. Uh, you want to move your friends over to fans whenever possible. Hard to do once you get rolling, but uh, make that happen. How many Instagram followers, Twitter followers, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever you might be on. I don't know if a lot of comics are using Pinterest or any of those other ones, but look at what you currently have, what's your target to increase, and to reach that goal, how many new people do you need to have signed up weekly and monthly? If you break it down like that, you should be able to increase that following by, again, making shareable posts, making things interesting on the internet, linking back to blog posts and content that you put on your website or to new videos you created from those new jokes that you performed after you wrote new material. I hope you see the uh, pattern going on here. So do that checklist, increase what you want to increase and give them something that's useful that they want to share. And then to wrap things up, it kind of goes back to everything we've talked about so far, your content creation goal. If you know you have six YouTube videos and they've only gotten three views each, then you probably want to create new YouTube videos that are more shareable and more interesting. So what? how many new YouTube clips do you want? I think you should put up, and you know, I'm no expert on anything, but just it seems mindless not to put up a new video once a month. You know, do something on your on your YouTube channel, whether it's a quick little snippet of you just talking to the phone camera and putting it up, but do something to where you have new content for the people that do like your YouTube channel. If you let it go dormant for a month, nobody's just wandering over there and finding you and sharing stuff. But if you put up one clip and then share that on your social or put it in your email newsletter, they might go to your YouTube channel and see other videos that they do want to share. And so you need to send them to that YouTube channel just like you want to send people to your website. Not necessarily to monetize your videos, which is great if you can, hard to do. Got to get a lot of traffic for that to happen. But you want to create new videos so people know you're still doing things and you're still relevant and to attract those new subscribers. So what's your goal for your year to create new YouTube clips? If it's just 12, at least that's something once a month. If you can do twice a month, it's 24 new videos. Hey, if you can do once a week, that's 52. And if out of 52 videos, hopefully one of them's got some traction. But set some goals. Do some things. Do you want to create a new special, whether it's on a CD or a DVD? How many minutes per week do you need to craft and to hone you know, it's, it sounds really simple on the surface. If you write one new solid minute every week, by the end of the year, you've got 52 minutes of new material. Uh, you can probably write a lot more than that, but to have one minute of solid knockout stage time material, it can take more than just that one stab that once once a week. But when you break it down, you can see it is to, it's possible to incrementally eat this elephant one bite at a time and have a new hour by the end of the year. So to create your new special, how much new time do you need to get each week? Uh, your new promo video, hey, every year I go and remix my promo video with fresh content. You know, every year new things happen. I get new clips. I get new uh, feedback from new clients. And I want that demo video to be fresh because maybe somebody went to my website last year to think of me for a gig and they saw my demo video and they didn't hire me. Somebody else has piqued their interest more than mine. Well, maybe they had me on a short list that come back this year. And if, if they click on that and it's the same video that did not get me the gig last year, probably not going to get it this year. And I'm guessing they probably won't visit the website next year. So your demo video should be fresh. 
Uh, it's December right now. You should be thinking about uh, going back and curating all the different things you've created this past year, collecting some testimonials if you didn't do it right after the show video-wise on your phone with your clients, maybe shooting them a quick email saying, hey, can you give me some feedback on that event? And if you can just jump on your phone and do it, that'd be great. I'll put it in my little demo video. But you need to update that and know who your audience is and why you've got the demo video. Are you trying to get festivals, trying to get corporate work, trying to get church work, trying to get whatever? Make sure the video reflects that and you send the right people to the right video. And then again, how many new TikToks you're going to put out? How many new Instagram posts? What's your schedule for all of that? And then I know one of my goals for either this year or next is to write a book. Tricky part for me is narrowing down what that book's going to be. Is it going to be a comedy book, how to write comedy? Or is it going to be a life book with comedy on top of it? Uh, it's hard for me to pick that right now. So maybe my first goal for creating a new book is to narrow down what it is I'm going to write about and then start pursuing it. So anyway, hope this gives you a lot of things to think about. I kind of rambled a little bit and backtracked here and there, but the gist of this whole thing is if you do not have a set of goals, you're probably not going to reach any of those goals because they don't exist. You may not want to pursue everything I talked about today, although I do think all these things should be on your radar if you're uh, pursuing comedy as a career. But you want to get in there and set some realistic expectations and maybe push yourself to do bigger and better things than you've done in the past. Again, if you want this quick goals worker... Again, if you want the goals worksheet, you can go to schooloflaughs.com and in the tabs on the top, hit goals tracker. It'll be underneath the beginning resources uh, list on the page along with other free resources like the stretch worksheet, three financial areas a comedian can't ignore, 10 tips for a perfect party, all kinds of other good stuff on the website. And while you're on there, if you haven't yet, go ahead and hit the Contact Us tab on the far right and leave me a voicemail. You, there's a box right there called SpeakPipe. This is pretty cool. You click it and right there on your phone, you start talking and it gives you about two minutes to ask a question or leave a comment. And what I would like to do is, if you go through and get the goals tracker, go ahead and click that one more link, contact us on the far right of the top of the website, and leave a message about either a question you have that you would like answered on the School of Last podcast, a comment about past podcast guests and what you liked or found interesting about what they had to offer, or maybe your favorite episode of the past year. And what I'd like to do is take some of those things and mention those in an upcoming podcast, maybe even use some of your audio from that clip. So go to the schooloflast.com website, get your goals tracker, and then head on over to the Contact Us tab. Use SpeakPipe, leave a message, and I'll get some information back to you. You might even hear your voice on a future episode of the School of Last. Guys, take care. I'll be back at the uh, 1st of January with more. Until then, stay safe and stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.